Hey, I'm Jake Brennan, and I want to tell you about Disgraceland, the award-winning music and true crime podcast that I host. Disgraceland tells the stories of musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly. Fleetwood Mac, Nipsey Hussle, Cardi B, Ozzy Osbourne, Taylor Swift, Tupac, The Beatles, Amy Winehouse, Jay-Z, The Grateful Dead, and so many more. This is not the music history you've heard before. This is an uncensored, immersive look at the lives of musical icons as seen through the crimes they've committed or that have been perpetrated against them. Did Jerry Lee Lewis murder his fifth wife? What really happened to Sam Cooke in that seedy motel at 3 a.m.? And how did the Rolling Stones wind up sleeping with the First Lady? Wait, what? New episodes of Disgraceland drop every Tuesday with bonus episodes released on Mondays and Thursdays. So get in, buckle up, and join me in Disgraceland. Available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Rock and roll. Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of of The Cure. This is Budgie, co-founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we We drew the map. map. Lawrence, I believe you have some crazy curious questions. Yeah, I hope so, because... I know they call you Lawrence, because Michael Dempsey called you Lawrence. Yeah, he does. He's like he's like my mother. You know? uh, Only my mother and Michael call me Lawrence, you know. Uh, a, few, a few other people, but... Um, yeah. I bet Mickey D was the... I bet he cleaned up on the bus. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he had like a little... Um, fan as well you know that he would carry around to keep the yeah. air clean around him what was the fan's name here's my little fan that i carry around to keep the air clean and i bet i bet the, he also polished the shoes that were left out in the in the middle aisle of the bus right right this is from a, a man called tony frazier yes and Tony um, comes from St. Petersburg in Florida. And he says, hey, guys, my name is Tony. I live in St. Petersburg, Florida. Have a t- kind of two-part question. How upset were the Banshees when Robert left the band? Uh. And then the next bit, was there a lot of rivalry between the two bands over the span of both bands' careers? Oh, wow. A good two-part question from St. Petersburg in Florida. Yes. Tony, this is where they, you ask the question, and uh, I shall give the answer. Okay, part one. Were we upset when Robert left the band? We, it's hard to, isn't it strange? It's hard to imagine how it would have been had he not left the band. First of all, they would negate part two of the question. Yeah. <laughs> we would yeah. have no rivalry because there would have been no cure. Right. But there would have been no cure. And right. the thing about Robert is there had to be a cure. There had to be. Yeah. It was already started and it needed to be there. And therefore... um in many ways, no. We, I, th- I think he, he, Robert, I think, 
And we're really talking about Hyena. That was his involvement right. on a day day to day. You know, uh, apart from the um, the you know the, the jumping into debt for absent guitarists, but that was when you know I, I got the the chance to sit with Robert in the studio and 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 create something uh, together, or at least the beginnings of songs. Um, but I also saw him. Um, like camping out in the studio in really strange ways and getting up to strange, just strange goings on in the studio, and which I didn't recognize from when I saw Robert and yourself, you know, as as the Cure, in in doing your own thing. So there was something, right. there was something going on with Robert that meant I'm here, but I'm not. I'm here, right. and um. I'm really struggling, and I never because none of this was said, and and I don't know if anybody's even spoken about it. But that's what I kind of got the feeling that there was a something was, of course, something was pulling me in the other direction. Uh, I think he put everything that was required and needed, and made an album that was very different for the Banshees, and probably paved the way for what happened next, which was expanding the lineup to include keyboards because Robert was writing everything on keyboard on that album. He rarely picked up the guitar. So he showed us a, you know, he introduced a different way of uh, writing than, than the band had done before. Um, But it's strange. There's, I don't think I've really even, um, it wasn't like today I'm leaving. It was just yeah. a natural course of events that I don't think he 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 would have wanted to say I can't do this anymore. So in, in effect, he made it so his position so untenable <laughs> that, that that somebody said, "If I see you again at this studio, I'm going to kill you." <laughs> oh. Okay, that sounds like somebody I know. But um, <laughs> yeah, and. Um, and Robert thought, I better not go back, and probably yeah. didn't. But I think it was right. a really tough decision for him, a really tough time. It was yeah. uh, it was a long album. It was an album that we'd both come from different projects, mm-hmm. all of us. Uh, Robert and Severin had just done The Glove. Susie and I had just done uh, the first Creatures album. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, we were searching for new songs. It was a crazy, crazy album project. So I think that's the best answer I can give because it really sets the scene and tells you why. Did we sorry to see him leave? Of course you are. Of course, when you've got something great going on. But, hey, we would have missed out on a lot of other things, you know. Yeah, And, and it's like always, you know, life. You can't determine what was going on. I think... You, you know, saw Robert when he came back, in a way. Yeah, and and I I had a I had a different experience of that time, but it wasn't a bad experience at all. Because what happened for me was when I first started playing, I I was like, okay, you know, the idea of the band is what's important to me. It's what I was invested in, and I did what I needed to do. Like, oh, you need somebody to play the drums. Okay, I'm going to play the drums. 
Mm. And then later on, well, we need somebody to learn all the electronic stuff and how that works and how that fits together. Okay, I'll learn that as well. And when we first went on tour with Banshees and John and Kenny did a bunk, to me, it felt very natural what happened next. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, sure. You know, that's how, that's the spirit of punk. Everybody helps each other out, right? John and Kenny, guitar, drums, banshees, did a bunk. They left. They left. And you, you Robert jumped in, right? Yeah. And then we had a sort of break for a while after he, he came back and we went and did a lot more things. And then we had like, we did pornography and everything fell apart for a bit because him and Simon weren't getting on. And okay, so it was chemistry dysfunction at that yeah. point anyway, yeah. Yeah, so I, I went off and I, I went on a couple of pilgrimage. I went to Cadiz to see where Mr. Darley lived and had his museum. And um, Had you waited a couple of years, Lol, I probably would have seen you down there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I would, you would have noticed me because I would have been walking around with a, a young French lady with her cat on a lead. Very Dali-esque, very, very Dali. Yes, it was very Dali. So, um, I did that. So you had a you had a little break from the band. I had a break from the band. I had a break from the whole idea of the Cure because the Cure, you know, and I'm sure this is true of the Banshees at, at certain points. In that it's a very intense atmosphere to be working in, and if we'd been more knowledgeable about things, we'd have taken several breaks early on, and things would have gone a different path, you know. But we weren't. We were just either on the road or we were in the studio, on the road, in the studio, on the road. So the what you're telling me, you just had a different uh, take on it. And I, I, I suddenly mm. realized as you're talking that you took yourself off and did some you, uh, relationship, uh, uh, visiting places that would like nurture yeah. you. Um, I also Robert went, Rob, Rob, go on. Yeah, but Robert went into I, the studio with Severin. Yes, and and I went and produced a couple of albums by French bands, yeah, like the, the Bonapartes and um, oh my goodness, what's the other ones? Oh, I can't remember now. But anyway, but I did also the Trees. I did their first album. You know, I played some keyboards and did a bit of production. Yeah. I like that Barack, band, Baroque Bordello. That was the other French band I did. And yeah, so I had a different experience of things, and it was good. It was really good. Now. When he was doing Hyena with the Banshees, we were also doing the top at the same time. You were? And yeah, which ah. was kind of insanity, really, for him, you know, because he would arrive at the studio to do the top, having spent a long time in the studio doing Hyena. And, um, you know, it was only me and him and uh, Andy Anderson in the studio. You know, we met Andy and got on with him and it's funny because you would think that that kind of situation i mean you know i don't know that he was there every day doing the same thing you know it was but it was a lot of pressure on him um but when he got to doing the top because it was just me i think pearl turned up for a little bit and and uh andy, andy who, who, yeah. who was like the new boy and was very gentle and jolly and stuff it was actually quite um restful for a cure album it was it was like you know there was no there was a sense that things were going to be changing now because we really hadn't 
you know. I mean, did, did the walk and let's yeah. go to bed come out after? Well, they they had been they had been. Did Love Cats come out of that as well? That that was before then, I think. So because Andy was playing drums on that, was he not? Yes, he was. He yeah. was. Japanese Whispers, which was the album after Pornography, but it was really a compilation album. A great title. The, yeah, thank you. It was all the singles. It was all the singles, right? Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, The Walk. It was um, Let's Go to Bed, you know, Speak My Language, Love Cats. They were all on that. So yeah. that was just, you know, the band after Pornography. Yeah. I bet there are at least at least three people out there, lol, who are listening who could probably tell us much more, more succinctly the yeah. exact probably you know the the timing and the running order of all of these tracks. Yes, yes, exactly. But suffice to say that I, I had no idea that Robert was. I I I thought he was going back to start an album. Yeah, no, no. he was he was doing it. I mean, because we were doing the top sort of. Uh, well, I mean, we recorded it in 83, 84. So, you know, it was a, a long period. But what was good about that was I didn't feel, perhaps because I was quite heavily anesthetized, but I didn't feel um, the, the pressure for it to be, uh, you know, because he was doing other things as well. It didn't. It didn't affect me at all. I didn't feel like there was, oh, you know, why is he doing his stuff with the Banshees? Because we need to get this done. It mm. was like we were doing it. We were at um, Martin Russian Studio in, in Reading, out in the middle of the countryside. We stayed at the local pub. I still have the key to the pub. Um, <laughs> Let's <but> go. <laughs> it was a gentle album, which was strange. You know, after we'd had, like, the insanity of pornography, it was really a gentle album to make. And... I think out of all the albums we've made, it's probably the most psychedelic. So I didn't feel that uh, pressure from the Banshees at all. And to be honest, in my heart of hearts, I always knew that Robert would do The Cure because I, I knew that he had to. That was something he had to do. I didn't know when he was coming back and when he was going, but I knew he would come back. So to me, it was like, hey, whatever we're still doing things i'm doing things i'm going off doing other albums with people it's it's fine you know it's fine and uh eventually we'll come with the right thing i mean gradually those we're making like the first those first singles like the walk and stuff i can remember walking down we did the walk in a little studio very close to rack mm. the, the actual video for it i know it's a big big white building I came down. I'm sure I was there. Yeah, I, I think you I, might have been. I think I came along to all of your video shoots. <laughs> so I remember the studio. Yeah. I remember this big white with, with columns out front. Yes, it was yes. It quite, was one of those. You're right. Quite a, wow. an imposing building. And it yeah. uh, went in through the white door. And it was like, but just inside, it was like a studio inside yeah. somebody's old house. It was wonderful. Yes, it was nice. So we went there, did the walk. And Rack Studios, where Phil worked, was just down the street, literally, yeah. like walking distance. So at lunchtime, because you get a lunch break in videos, um, we said, let's go see Phil. And we went to see Phil, and we asked him, hey, you want to come on the tour, play some of this stuff? And he went, yeah, okay. Yeah. And yeah. so that, that's happened. So at that point, when we were doing those things, and that would have been just before the top started and things, it was like, 
I, I kind of knew it was going to start up again, so I wasn't worried. Saying that, the only person that I ever felt really would have liked it to stay the way it was, was was not you. And I didn't get that vibe from Sue either. It's only Mr. Severin I ever got that mm. vibe from, that, that, you know, he would have preferred Robert to stay. And But, you know, he never said it implicitly to me, mm. but I, I just, I felt. Mm, I, know, mm. I know that you know and that, that was my intuition i never felt it from you like i say and i never felt it from uh sue so i think that's the nearest i get to i think the person that was the most concerned the whole time was chris, chris parry chris parry <laughs> i know that uh, was, he but you see robert was down the studio i'm sure mary was there a lot yeah and and another person was with him. Uh, you probably know who it was. Who was um, resurfacing a Fender Jaguar guitar? Yeah, and she came where we did the uh, head on the door as well. Lisa, she's from Newcastle, yeah. an artist. And you know the reason I know that is because she stayed at my flat while she was doing all that stuff, carving away, putting yeah, bones, carving bones at my place, but she was no. carving in the studio. Yeah. So really, what what we're finding out here it's interesting because it's a, a big transition. Yeah. It's a transition point. It sounds like a transitionary moment for the cure. Yes. For Robert, yes. for the cure. But you, if in, in many ways you were kind of the, the, the support mechanism, right? You were the constant right at that point. You were the constant right. P- Pearl came along. Uh, Andy was acting as the, the transition rhythm element, yeah. but, it was really, the, I suppose, the designing of a, a new cure that could be quite fluid. It was It was the point where it went, I mean, like I always say to people, pornography was the end of the three-piece cure, but yeah. it was the pinnacle of the three-piece cure. And then after that, we kind of, I mean, you know, I don't think it, it I don't think it parallels. Maybe it does in some ways with the Banshees because you went from, you know, like basically a trio yourselves to having, you know, like a guitarist and a keyboard player and then maybe something else as well, you know, so. Well, the Hyena was uh, a three-piece with Robert. Right, right. And then Robert came in, as I said earlier, he he, he didn't have a guitar. He might have played, I think we had a, a like, a, a, what do you call it, an ovation, yeah. six-string, electric. But yeah. it was like he would help me to flesh out some ideas I had for guitar Right, and he would take them over, and and then he'd get a, a piano, a, a tune that Susie had got, and he would reinterpret that maybe for guitar. But he and his uh, Robert and his sister played harpsichord. Yeah. Right. Yes. On on yeah. Dear Prudence, like I can see them, but yeah, yeah, I can see them sitting there in the middle of the studio, yeah. happy as two little cats on a, yeah. a really beautiful old harpsichord because most right. harpsichords are old, yeah. and um, playing uh, Dear Prudence. That's actually you've hit upon a good point here. That's that's one of Robert's strengths. He's able to listen. Like I, you know, back in the cure days, I would present him with like you know, sort of half half formed you know thoughts yeah. and ideas, and I would give him lots of those, and he would go, hmm, okay, that one, yeah, that's nonsense. Do this, you know. He was good at restructuring stuff, you know, like mm. uh, you know the. the, the lead lines and things like that that i would come up with you know for something like the walk you know 
had the first little part of it, couldn't think what the hell was going to end it. And he was like, okay, I can use that and I can end that. So he was always very good at that. And that's when, you know, if truth be told, that's when I like him the most at that, at that, as that kind of person, because he's very egalitarian at that point. And, yeah. you know, just for the basis of a song. So you feel like you are working together, you know? So. Yeah. And that that was a lovely, a beautiful experience of uh, working, working with somebody in a way I'd never worked for, before. You know, right. just two people playing music in in many ways, but actually putting them down, putting them down as takes, yes, and and songs being built out of almost a jam. Yeah, well, it's like if I think about it, it it's like some of the best things we ever did came from that that method and then gradually as you know we went through it more we all got you know fostex tape recorders and stuff so everybody starts to multi-layer their own ideas and yeah what what robert was good at is like picking out the two or three essential elements of something and then you know giving it something better to sit on or be supported by you know I suppose it, what what his time with the within the Banshees camp did was it just relieve him of that need to do be doing that. He could just come up with stuff, and the the, the Banshees filter was in operation in that sense. Right. You know, the Susie right. really. Um, so really, I suppose this is a long answer, but part but part two of the question would say, so was the you know. Uh, what's the word he used? Uh, uh, rivalry uh, or something like that, right? Fisticuffs, fisticuffs afterwards, yeah. rivalry. What they're doing now? Yes, there was a bit of what they're doing now, but there was certainly no, uh, ooh, I wonder if, they, if they're doing that, we should be doing this. I don't wish to paint myself as a saint here, but I don't remember any, feeling any, any ill will, you know? I mean, the only thing I felt was, was, Steve Severin wanted Robert to stay. That's the only thing I ever felt. I didn't feel anything else from that. Yeah, yeah there was was a there was a deep relationship. They'd done a lot a lot of work together on that album uh, as Glove. I keep thinking I, in my mind. I see other, if you like, satellite projects. The Glove. I see uh, Robert was with us in um, Tel Aviv, um, and that was just before. The Banshees came back and played the Royal Albert Hall, right? And not Nocturne came out of that, and Robert's playing on Nocturne, right? And and it's it's like I, I'm trying to figure out: did all that happen in the space of a year or two years? It must have done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'll give Robert his work ethic. He's always he's got that. You know, he do, he doesn't shy away from working. He, he's not one of those people. So it, it doesn't surprise me that there was a difference not just in sound and approach, but it changed us. It cha- certainly seems to have changed Robert at that point. Yeah. Ma- oh, no, it did. The, I, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that we changed him, but he was ready for, for change. Yeah, I think, you know, he always works up to a point where things become untenable in whatever situation he's doing, and the end result is what whatever's come out. So like pornography after that, you know, the tour for that didn't last that long and mm. was pretty intense. And I kind of knew it was coming. That's, an, that's another interesting thing that when, when somehow the, there comes a point when the situation is untenable. Sure. And 
I can't help thinking, you know, why did the Banshees go through so many different guitarists? It almost came like, okay, you've been here two years. Okay, this is yeah. the the, proba- the probation period is over. Come on, right. amaze, amaze me. I mean, the amazement wasn't there. It's like, okay, righty ho. Let's yeah. go back to a being a three piece. At least we always went back to being a three piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I I I like that that answer. I I, I, I would I, I I would listen to that again. I wonder what we said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer Dan Didier. Executive producer Mark Cates. Associate producer Sophie Wild. Digital marketing Margie Taylor. Art and logo design. Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jackknife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web, and you can access us at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com. And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures. To find more of the best music podcasts, visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at Double Elvis on Twitter. Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022.